This episode of Fantasy Football Today is presented by Express. Dream big, dress accordingly. Learn more about Express later in the show. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Recapping Fantasy Week 5. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football Today on a Sunday night. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, and Dave Richard. I love to be excited, uh, but after the Dak Prescott injury, it just there's a little bit of a bummer, just like a pall being cast over Fantasy Week 5. We're going to talk about that at the top of the show. There was some good stuff. Daryl Henderson had a good game. Chase Claypool is on the map with a four-touchdown performance that could have been, maybe should have been, a five-touchdown performance. Dave, Heath, uh, good evening to you. Heath, what's going on? I understand you have a team name you'd like to audition. Yeah, I think you kind of started things on a sour note, and there were lots of positives, including me coming up with Team Name Tuesday on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Fool them if they can't take a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that line, but it's still funny. I mean, you've heard that people say lines that sound like that. Right, right. I might not say for the Fulgham. I mean, it's a brilliant team name when you don't even have to know the reference to think it's funny. Yeah. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I appreciate it's it. It's an A-plus team name. And what's it from? Uh, it's from Broken Arrow. Christian Slater classic <laughs> it's from Broken me Arrow. Talking John about Travolta. You don't like me because of things I say. Yeah, yeah wow. it's the way that I often like. I've thought it in my head during our hours and hours and hours of conversation. <laughs> what about the hours of conversation before the podcast actually starts, Heath? How about that? That was twelve minutes of conversation, Heath. I hope you're excited to do fantasy football today in five after the show. All right, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott compound fracture of his ankle. I was actually, uh, we were actually on the air. Me, Will Brinson, and Nando Defino with Demarcus Ware. When that happened, and he was sitting there, obviously pulling for the Cowboys, and uh, just so upset to see it. We all were, but you know, as an NFL player, has seen so much. He just his heart was breaking, basically, for Dak Prescott, um, yep. and then see him being carted off in tears was really upsetting. Cowboys luckily have uh, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, Andy Dalton. Drove them down the field, won the game for them, thanks to Michael Gallup as well. 111 yards, nine of 11 passing. And might be a, certainly in two quarterback leagues, huge waiver wire pickup, Andy Dalton. But let's talk about how this affects the rest of the Cowboys pass catchers and what you expect from them rest of season. Dave, I'll let you kick it off. I'm nervous because we know that while Dak isn't a perfect passer, he definitely has his moments of inaccuracy. Andy Dalton does too. I mean, we, we made a whole running joke on FFT and certainly on this podcast about good Andy and bad Andy. And sometimes he's just on fire and he's having a great game. And sometimes he's absolutely awful and he costs his team the game. Now I was in Cincinnati. This is maybe a little bit different of a story. He's got great coaching in Dallas, but the offensive line isn't so great. He's not nearly as mobile as Dak Prescott. I would imagine that this will not be great for the pass catchers there. They will probably not have a chance to truly reach the ceilings that we might have thought they could have had with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. That's true. Well, I just don't think it's going to bury them. Um, there's still, I mean, there's too many mouths to feed and the offense isn't going to produce 6,000 yards of offense now. So um, that somebody's going to get cut out. I'm not sure we know who it is. It seems like he likes Michael Gallup. Okay. 
Um, I, I just think that like Andy Dalton, like you said it well, Adam, he is one of the better backups in the league. He's a serviceable starting quarterback. It's a good system with elite weapons. I still expect them to be an above average offense. I think if you want to be optimistic, let's take a look at Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Okay. Eight games. Let's start with it with Galladay. Eight games with Stafford, 640, 640 yards, seven touchdowns. Eight games without Stafford, 550 yards, four touchdowns. Is that as good? No. It's 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns on 108 targets. That was with some really bad quarterback play. Marvin Jones uh, with Stafford, he had 244 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, without Stafford, he was not as oh he got hurt in some of those games I think so um, he only played five games without Stafford but you know um, Terry McLaurin right you go from one quarterback to the next and Haskins didn't throw him as many touchdowns but the yards were about the same last year I'm not going to talk about what happened today with McLaurin and, that's not the same and thing. like all of these guys had much worse backup quarterbacks exactly. than the Cowboys exactly and their their production was going to go down anyway you know as a whole. Because Dak at one point was on pace for like 7,000 yards and had thrown for 450 yards in three straight games and nobody had ever done that before. But um, Michael Gallup didn't do anything until the last drive. Do we have to hang on to him after he ends up with a pretty good game? Yeah, I would. Yeah, you got you to gotta hang on to him. and uh, it, he's, just, he's probably the perfect bench receiver, actually. Because yep. you're not actually going to feel comfortable starting him. We got three teams on a bye next week, I believe. I don't actually understand what the schedule is at all anymore. Um, we'll have more than three at some week in the future, whenever they tell us who's playing in those weeks. Um, and he's the guy that you plug in, and regardless of what his projection is, you know that he can make your week with one play. How can we and have three teams of, on a, a bench bye. receiver? You want? How can we have three teams on a bye? Uh, the Patriots had a bye and no longer have a bye next week. But who? But. That means one team is like you need even so we must have four teams on a bye, or, yeah. or we have two. <laughs> I don't actually. The schedule is the hardest thing today. I I don't like it's it's insane. The the best thing I and I I said this, um, Dave, when we were doing uh, the Twitch this afternoon. I said the guy I really feel sorry for is Dave Richard because I know you've got your little your laminated schedule paper that you have throughout the year oh. that's very helpful and it <laughs> it is completely worthless now you can burn I, it. I knew better than to laminate the schedule this year. Oh, good for you. I got man. the spreadsheet open. I really don't have a complete week six for it quite yet, but <laughs> so I'm working so, on it. I'm working on it. All right, so let's take a let's just go one by one. Let's take a more. Oh, okay, actually, let's cross this off the list. Uh, Maybe value down a little bit with Zeke, but still Zeke, right? Oh, Maybe yeah. value up. They might not throw quite as much. Maybe, okay. Uh, Mari Cooper. At this point, would you take Cooper or Beckham? Cooper. I think I'm going to say Cooper, but I think it's also extremely close. Okay. Cooper. To the point where I think Cooper's ceiling might be close to what Beckham has been to this point this season. Cumulatively, Cooper or McLaurin? I think I'm going to go McLaurin. Yeah, I think I'll go McLaurin. Okay. CeeDee Lamb or Odell Beckham? Lamb had another big game today. Beckham. Um, Lamb. Wow. CeeDee Lamb or... Uh, I must be overvaluing the hell out of Odell DJ Beckham Chark. at this point. CeeDee Lamb or DJ Chark? Chark got hurt. We don't know how severe the injury is. 
Yeah. Okay. So that that one's pretty obvious. I think if Chark is fine, you'll go with him. And if he's not, then Lamb's the pick. Unless Heath, did you just say Lamb? Um. Yeah, I'll say Lamb. He's healthy. Okay. Well. Okay. Fine. Then I was. uh, How about Devontae Parker or CD Lamb? Parker. Yeah, I think Parker. Okay. Michael Gallup or Marvin Jones. Gallup. Gallup. Michael Gallup. Or an emerging Christian Kirk, Gallup. Yeah, I, I might say Kirk. I can that was super. This. Like, I may have missed uh, a couple of fourth quarter touchdowns from Christian Kirk or something. Well, he had he had like seventy yards today. What is the Jets? Okay, like the way you said emerging Christian Kirk, I thought he was like. Well, the last two weeks he's been a little more involved yeah. in what Arizona's doing. Touchdown last week, seventy yards this week. Uh, Seven how, targets this week, same as New Hopkins. How about um, Darius Slayton or Michael Gallup? Slayton. Slayton. Okay. All right. Well, that's your Cowboys talk. We'll uh, we'll get more into it tomorrow on the show. Uh, let's go to this question. Who is your top waiver wire priority going into week six? I, is there a – maybe there is. Um, I don't think there is a debate. I think – Gerald Ch- Everett. Chase Claypool. Um that was the type of performance that just like any priors you had, we're going to throw those out the window now. He had 11 targets. He had three carries. He scored four touchdowns. It was his second splash week in four games. And he just has to be universally rostered now and probably started in most leagues next week. And we'll see what the role is moving forward. Next week is Cleveland, then at Tennessee. I think this is one team whose schedule has not been altered, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Dave, if Chase Claypool's number well, one, their schedule was altered. They didn't play last week. Okay, I meant yes. I meant after, and they moved the ball, the Ravens game. Okay, I'm sorry. I meant after the postponements, after this week's postponements okay. and, and all. Their schedule was Steelers' schedule was not altered today. Um, <laughs> Dave, if Chase Claypool's number one, who is number two? Who's the other waiver wire priority? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say it's Travis Fulgham because I'm not sure if he's going to still be a big part of the Philadelphia offense. I I am very tempted to say the Chargers DST because they've got the Jets next week and the Jets looked awful. Do they now have the Jets or do they do they oh, still have they the don't. Jets? Are, I don't they, no, think they don't have the Jets no. next week. That's my bad. The Dolphins have the fool Jets. You. I got fooled. Yeah. Uh, they might be on by. See, this is why I probably should have done the whole schedule. It's so hard. Fixing it's really hard. Before the podcast. Now I feel like a total heel. Uh, how about Kirk Cousins maybe against Atlanta? All right. You no. know what? It's it's Chase Claypool, and we got all, all week or all, the next two days to talk about the waiver. Cousins wire. would be up there. Ryan Fitzpatrick now has the Jets. That we, Oh, that's yes, a great one. That's who he's go. got. Over under 26 passes for Cousins against the Falcons. That's a good point. We're watching the the game right now, and they've been running, 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 and shutting out the uh, Seahawks in the first half. Yay. Um, All right, here's a segment I call LOL, and it's the schedule. The Broncos and Patriots will be played in week six. The Chiefs-Bills moves from Thursday to Monday night football week six. The Jets-Dolphins goes from week 10 to week six. 
The Jets Chargers goes from week six to week oh, eleven. You lost me. The Jaguars Chargers goes from week eight to week seven. The Chargers oh. Broncos goes from week eleven to week eight. The Chargers oh. Dolphins from week seven to week ten. And the Dolphins Broncos from week six to week eleven. What makes no yeah. sense? Why would they change all these schedules? But that's what no, I mean, I get it. That's what's happening. So it sounds like the Chargers are on by in week six. I think so. But I, I know the Chiefs and Bills game got moved back to Monday. Yes, that's right. Okay, well, you know what? We'll figure it out. Um, you should be watching us on YouTube. You should also be watching all of our Twitch streams because they're awesome. But YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. One thing I learned today on our Twitch stream, uh, reheating pizza on a, in a frying pan on your stovetop is terrific. Somebody told me to do it. I did it for dinner. I'm never going back. It was excellent. Medium heat. Put the cover on. Just a few minutes. It's wonderful. So mm-hmm. Twitch.com slash FF How Today. I did not know that? I know. I know it's it's it was so good. Scott Fish posted a picture of a bigger than you could imagine pizza on Twitter and said, "You've got to find three fantasy analysts to help you finish this pizza for a million dollars." And everybody tagged me. <laughs> so now I know what what my legacy is in the fantasy football industry. It's not trade charts. It's not deep sleepers. It's you're the big fat pizza guy. Thank you. I accept. All right, it's time for buy or sell. Buy or sell. We should be a little bit worried about Lamar Jackson, who has now scored less than 20 fantasy points in three of his last four games. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you drafted him in the first two rounds, yeah, you probably should be a little bit worried. You can be worried if you drafted him in the third round, too. I mean, he's still not giving you amazing numbers in this year of amazing fantasy quarterbacks. I do feel confident that he's going to be a top three or four quarterback rest of season. And I do feel confident he's going to be an elite difference maker still. Um, So I think I'd probably mostly sell. Okay. Um, How about this buy or sell? Mike Davis is going to be a thorn in Christian McCaffrey's side. I could buy it for like a week when McCaffrey comes back and the Panthers just want to take it easy on him. Yeah. Not they the rest gave of the seven carries to other quotes running back <laughs> because of Curtis Samuel. Um, he lined up there in this game. Like I don't, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to see the same workload he did last year. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. But I still think he's going to be a top five running back. So I can't say that Davis is going to be a thorn this side. Uh, buy or sell. You should be excited to start Todd Gurley every week. Yeah, no. Sell. Sell the word excited. But you should start Todd Gurley every week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This this was probably just from the clips I saw, you know, on Red Zone. The best I've seen Todd Gurley look. He was terrific. 14 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Also had four catches. And coming into the game, how many catches did he have like four catches coming into the game, I think? So I can look it up, but it's something like that. Yeah, so that was that was nice to see. Um and uh, another win for Carolina, so that was nice for them. Not so much. For he had exactly four catches yeah. for nine yards coming right. into the game. So four play. four for twenty nine on five targets. That was through the air for Gurley. So good on Atlanta to try and change something. 
By the way, Mike Davis, just go back to Mike Davis. He has scored 23, 22, and 29 PPR fantasy points in his last three games. He has 30 catches in his last four games. Unbelievable. What a waiver wire pickup. I cannot believe you just called Christian McCaffrey a system running back. <laughs> Zach Ertz is a bust. Buy or sell. One catch for six yards. 15 yards in his last two games. Buy. I don't know how you could do anything other than buy. Um, yeah. Good good for them for, I guess, not giving him the contract that he wanted. You guys have ever seen a, Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood? Mm-hmm. Hurry up and bye. <laughs> oh, Zach Ertz. Okay, so bad game for him. So what do you think about, like, he's been a bust so far. Is he going to continue to be a bust going forward? Yes. It's hard to believe he's going to go back to what he was previously, even when Philadelphia gets their receiving core to, to moderate health. The offensive line is a nightmare, and Lane Johnson got carted off in this game, so there's a chance he could miss some time. Wentz is on the move constantly he's getting hit constantly and he's he's finding other guys now besides Ertz and Greg Ward I mean he found Greg Ward Ward had the touchdown and we've already talked about Fulgham a little bit I I'm thinking that Ertz is not just he's just not going to get that volume that we were counting on I think he's going to be a dud okay Uh, the problem like Okay, fine. Dalton Schultz or Zach Ertz rest of season. It's like Schultz's stock just went down. Ertz, Ertz, Ertz. There's, it's just, we, once again, tight end's not deep. No. Tight end sucks, mm-hmm. as usual. Mm-hmm. Is Ertz oh, any... You, going somewhere with you would rank him ahead of the touchdown or bust tight ends in a given week? Um, I. Where does that start now? Seven? It, it might start at seven, but can... can I'm just trying to find a starting point for what we call him. He hasn't scored since week one. He almost hit an almost touchdown, so that's cool. He's down at the one. But all right, so obviously he's not he top six yards. He's not top four. We know who the top four are. He might be a bust even if he had scored on that play. You you've got Dalton Schultz, you've got Johnu Smith, you've got Noah Fant. I would take Johnu over him. Um Fant Fant, yes. Is yes. Fant gonna go on IR? I don't know. I, mean, I don't think so. I think they would have put him on already if they thought he was going to miss three weeks. He got I, they'd lucky. Be dumb if they did it now. Uh, he got, he got lucky. Hawkinson over him. Oh, okay. I think I, they might be kind of the same guy. All right. That's your boss, man. It sucks. I hate it. I hate it for Zach Ertz. And on the plus side, if I have to say something nice about him, he has one game this year with five or fewer targets, and it was five targets, so at least he's getting a decent diet of targets, but things are, things are not great for the Philadelphia offense. I'm afraid. Okay. Well, uh, it's been disappointing and you, you thought maybe the targets would go up. I'm wondering if he's just getting smothered with coverage these last two no, games. That, that did not happen against San Francisco. Yeah. That's what you I haven't said. watched the game yet uh, against Pittsburgh, but right. I would imagine that defenses don't fear him like they used to. That's based on what I saw against the Niners. Well, guys, we have a new sponsor, and I'm pretty excited about the sponsor. All right. It's Express Clothing. And I have been actually I've been an Express Clothing guy for uh, for many years now. My brother used to wear it. And I was like, oh, I, I like that stuff. That stuff is awesome. So first, I'm going to tell you what the offer is. Text football to three nine seven dash seven three seven and get twenty five dollars off your fifty dollar purchase. Three nine seven dash 737 text football and get $25 off your $50 purchase. All right. 
So this is the new Express, okay? It's all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. And, you know, most athletic men, most taller men don't think Express can fit them. But if you go to their website, you're going to see their Lux Comfort Knit Collection, uh, their performance shirts. These are shirts. That, this is a collection that would fit anyone. So it's very versatile stuff, and it's really awesome. And I think it's extremely exciting. Right now, I'm looking at their dress shirts. The price is it's unbelievable. And they're... They're really nice looking. They're, they're classy looking, and they look very comfortable as well. And that's what you're getting here. You're getting breathable, moisture-wicking, easy care, and stretch shirts here. Uh, the styles are a lot, of, a lot of variety. You'll find something that you really love. So this is extremely exciting for us uh, to have a new sponsor and for it to be something that I'm actually pretty passionate about and I've been wearing for a long time. It's, it's great. Now, you need to feel confident when you put your clothes on, right? It's, it's a big difference. You walk out the door and you're wearing something that you love, something that you're going to get compliments on, it's a boost for you, and it impacts your day, and it impacts your goals. So my favorite thing I would say about Express is uh, that you know you can get something for a really good price, and it looks, you know, I'm not going to, like, it just, it looks really, really nice. It doesn't look like something that you pay like $40 for if you're looking at the discounts on the website right now. The comfort is outstanding. The style is outstanding. And you're just going to feel better and more confident in it. So again, I want you to text FOOTBALL to 397-737. 397-737. Text FOOTBALL and get $25 off your $50 purchase at Express. And thanks a lot to Express for hopping on as a sponsor. And I'm looking forward to taking advantage of this offer. All right, guys, let's do some news and notes other than Dak Prescott. Deontay Johnson left in the first half with a back injury. You guys can give me updates if you've got them. Sure. A.J. Green left with a hamstring injury. Jimmy Garoppolo was benched. This was more, it seemed like, uh, precautionary, just they were getting blown out, and why aggravate the injury? But he was bad, really bad. Very bad. Michael Thomas is not going to play because he punched someone, a teammate. So he got an altercation with a teammate, and he's not going to play on Monday night. DJ Chark, ankle injury. Sammy Watkins, hamstring injury. Kyle Allen left after taking a big hit, and then he just didn't come back. Like He was cleared to return, but they stuck with Alex Smith. Didn't Washington say it was an arm injury? So that's what I saw after the game. At the time, I think everybody thought it was a head injury, right? That's what I thought, too. Yeah, then I saw arm after. But either way, he was cleared to come back in, and they they rode with Alex Smith. And they did not win. And he got sacked a ton. Yeah, they get the Giants next week, and the Giants' defense exposed uh, in this game against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, not great. Say something nice, Adam. About who? I don't know. Just keep going with the notes. Say something. Oh, you well, know. I'll tell you something nice, man. I brought this up on Twitch. I know, like, not everybody who listens to watch Twitch. Um, I am so excited for Trevor Lawrence to play in the NFL. He is going to take the league by storm. He is going to be one of the best quarterbacks we have seen in so long, and. It, whoever has the number one pick should take him. There are like maybe two teams, like the Chiefs, if they somehow get the number one pick, should not take him. I, I, I think have, the Chiefs have been eliminated from that. Yeah, probably not quite, but yes, probably. Um, but I was just talking because we were talking about the Giants Cowboys game today. We, that was our Twitch game. If the Giants get the number one pick, they have to take Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I would be so excited for it. But that's not a news and note. Dan Quinn is going to get fired. Is that the there happy thing you want me to say? No, we don't celebrate that. But uh, I know, I know. He's reportedly going to get... No, we don't celebrate that. Dan Quinn was cool. 
you know, we've, we've been to these owners meetings before where the coaches have their breakfast and Dan Quinn was one of the cool guys there. Yeah. So it stinks for him, but it's kind of his fault that the team's 0 and five, that defense hasn't been good for a long time and he's in charge of it. There were a couple of Cleveland Browns injuries late in the game. Kareem Hunt was being stretched out on the final drive. Doesn't seem serious. And Baker Mayfield had x-rays on his ribs, which came back negative. They're at Pittsburgh next week. I'm going to predict 18 fantasy points for him because Baker Mayfield has scored exactly 18 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, four straight games. We're going to talk about Brandon Cooks in just a bit. He's a winner. Big game for him. His start percentage in his two good games, 3%. And 8%. Very disappointing. Chandler Jones is out for the season for the Cardinals. That's a big blow. They're at Dallas next week. Um, Let's see. Brian Burns, pass rusher for the Panthers. He left with an injury. Fletcher Cox got hurt. Darius Slay got hurt. I have not seen updates on them. Try to get them for you on Monday. Eagles got just decimated by injury today. Cox, Slay, Lane Johnson left. Uh, I think linebacker Duke Riley left. Giants linebacker Lorenzo Carter was cartered off the field early in the game. Oh, you're making jokes? No, I shouldn't. <laughs> that was so bad. Sorry. Oh, uh, I'm sorry for saying something about Dan Quinn. You're right. It was. I shouldn't have done that. Um, this is the most tasteless podcast we've ever done. And that's uh, that's about all I got. Robert Woods, 56-yard touchdown catch, second longest of his career. Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. I'm going to call Miles Gaskin a winner. Miles Gaskin was a winner, guys. I'm going to go ahead and claim <laughs> he is that. He about to go through the roof. <laughs> All right, let's do winners. In fact, we can start with Heath's winners. Heath, stealing Miles Gaskin from me, even though you told me 30 minutes ago. Heath, uh, Miles Gaskin, why is he a winner? He was a winner before the game even started because Jordan Howard was a healthy scratch. And Jordan Howard is like the reason that Miles Gaskin has not quite been a fantasy sensation this season. Uh, he's the clear lead running back for the Miami Dolphins, and now he's going to get some short yardage work as well. He gets four or five targets every week. Uh, I'm, I will be moving Miles Gaskin into like top 20 territory on a weekly basis starting now. If it's in full PPR, I'm with you. He's had five catches three of his last four games, and now this is the second time in three weeks that the Dolphins have been in a game where they've played with the lead, and he's had at least 15 carries in each of those games. And yeah, if they're just going to keep leaving Jordan Howard on the inactive list, this is going to be great for Gaskin. He had a short yardage touchdown today, and he could have more in the future. Okay, trivia question about Miles Gaskin. Who is he playing next week? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We don't know. No, we do know. He's playing the Jets. He's playing the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and he's... So how many carries did he? He had 16 carries today, right? So they've won two games, and those two games, 22 carries and 16 carries. Mm-hmm. I just got done talking about how yeah, those were all games. the things Dave just said. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was looking, when you I was emphasize his, our points. I was looking up his schedule. Uh, Kareem Hunt is your other winner. Yeah, I think there was a little bit of question um, about how much work Dearness Johnson would get and what type of split there would be. And the answer was until Hunt got cramps or maybe pulled something. I don't know. It looked like it was just cramps. Um they didn't really share at all. It was almost all Kareem Hunt and when it came to touching the football. And the averages weren't very good, but this Colts run defense has been one of the best run defenses in the, in the league so far. So a very, very encouraging workload for him, and we will move forward with him as a uh, top three to six running back, depending on what you think. And if you missed Heath last week, that's actually softening the stance 
on Kareem Hunt. I was I was trying to make room for I was trying to get a consensus. I knew if I said a top three running back that yeah. I would get a little pushback. So I was just saying three to six to to try to move through it. I was a little disappointed with the six. efficiency and the fact that he couldn't have more than ten yards rushing, but I think you gotta give credit to the Colts in that regard. And I want to give credit to the Browns too for leaning on him pretty hard. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Uh his touchdown catch was really pretty awesome for a running back. It was a great play by Baker too. Yeah, play they, broke down. He had to move to buy time last second. He throws it a little high, and Hunt does his best impersonation of a wide receiver. Climbs the ladder, gets the ball, touchdown. All right, Dave, your winners are Derek Carr. I believe has had twenty four more fantasy points in three of his last four games. It's true. And Brandon Cooks. he played fantastic against Kansas City. He mm-hmm. made some unbelievable deep throws. And the only reason why they're unbelievable is because Derek Carr isn't known for being a deep ball thrower. But today he did. He had three of them. They were at least three of them, actually. He had probably, nah, let's call it three. He was on target with all three of them. Now let's call it four because Ruggs had two. I, well, he, was, I, he, was, he was great. He was he, great. I hope it continues. And uh, it's too bad that he's, I think, on by next week. Yes. So, Maybe. okay, their their schedule wasn't impacted by the... No, the COVID fiasco. The teams, the, the only teams that played today whose COVID ch- schedules. Fiasco. Let me please correct myself. The teams that played today whose schedules were impacted were the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just tell me if the Raiders' schedule was no, affected. No, they weren't. Good. They weren't. Good. I thought, I thought the biggest thing for Carr was like, Rugs didn't get very many targets, but the first play he made was just all rugs. Carr was lucky that ball wasn't picked off. It was in the traffic, and Rugs just made a basically basically took it away from the defender. Mm-hmm. And then the second play, man, he's just so much faster than everyone else on the field when he got yep. behind the defense, and that that changes the equation for Derek Carr if he has a guy he can trust to go make a play like that in traffic and to run away from the defense. But we were worried coming into the year that there wouldn't be a lot of that because Carr was a good, efficient, deep ball passer. The metrics proved that. He just didn't take a lot of chances, especially compared to the majority of the other quarterbacks that are out there. Now it looks like he's taking a few more chances. That makes perfect sense given the fact that the team drafted rugs. And when this offense is as healthy as it gets, which is pretty much what they're at now, rugs is stretching defenses. It opens things up for other players in the offense, and Carr is connecting. It's it's really great to see, and I think there are going to be weeks where we do find Derek Carr in our top twelve rankings at quarterback. Okay, yeah, he's on a bye, then he gets the Bucks, and then at Cleveland, Brandon Cooks. All right, so what do we do with Brandon Cooks? Twelve targets, eight catches, one hundred sixty-one yards, and a touchdown. I really need to just point out, like Jacksonville's defense is bad. It's no no question, it's really bad, and he's had two good games, Brandon Cooks, and he was started in three percent of leagues against Baltimore and only eight percent of leagues today, and he's only rostered in sixty nine percent of leagues, so you could actually potentially pick him up. Scheduled to play Tennessee next week. Um, what do we do with Brandon Cooks, Dave? I think you buy into the changes that were on display in this game. It's the first one without Bill O'Brien's influence. And now here's Brandon Cooks running great routes, seeing a season high in targets. It's a second game of the year with eight plus targets. It's actually a second game of the year with six plus targets. So getting Brandon Cooks more involved and kind of spreading the ball. Really, it sounds silly to say that the Texans were spreading the ball around when one of their guys had 12 targets, but it's what they did. They got more players involved and, 
leaning on cooks. It's something they may not do every single week, but I think it just kind of lets everybody know, Hey, Brandon cooks is, is a great player. And it wasn't just one catch that was amazing. You know, he didn't have a 60 yard bomb or something like that. He had a lot of big catches and he's still a good football player and he's healthy right now. I think you've got to consider him a number three receiver moving forward at the very least, and maybe at the most, but still somebody who warrants consideration. Whereas coming into the week, obviously people were looking at him going, what am I doing with this guy? Okay. Would you take Brandon cooks or Michael Gallup? I'm ready to say cooks. Yeah, but they're in the, they're in the same range for sure. Okay. I think cooks could have a target edge over Gallup. And we know he's got a quarterback edge over Gallup. Let's go to Heath's losers. Jarek McKinnon, who had three touches. And Juju Smith-Schuster, who had five targets and is extremely disappointing and makes me want to never play fantasy football again. Uh, I am yeah. actually um, in the middle of that section of the article. Um, so that was going to be the believe it or not, but it can also be the uh, the loser. We'll come up with something else. Not Chase Claypool or Juju Smith-Schuster related <laughs> from that game. Um, no, I... Listen, there's just no other way to spin it. And I was the Juju guy for most of the offseason. And I will still say, historically, if you bet on players who did what Juju did at his age to become elite wide receivers, unless they're Juju Smith-Schuster, they generally do. (laughs) But they're not treating him. And he still might. Like, I don't want to rule him out or anything. But they're not treating him like that at all. Deontay Johnson dominated him in targets the first two weeks 23 to 14 johnson has gotten hurt each of the last two weeks and smith as schuster has fallen from second to third in target share over those two weeks um it it makes no sense at all to me but he's yeah i think he's gonna be a bust sucks and mckinnon drop him I wouldn't drop him yet, but it is pretty tempting because the thing is like the the worry would have been coming into this game. Well, they're playing the Dolphins. They're going to be ahead and not going to be a game script for Jarek McKinnon. It was a perfect game script for Jarek McKinnon and they didn't give him the football. Yeah, I wouldn't drop him until Tevin Coleman is back and that might happen soon. And it's clear that Coleman is the next guy behind Mostert. That's the only time when I'm ready to drop McKinnon because if Coleman's gone for two more weeks and Mostert gets knocked out of a game again, you know who's going to get the majority of the work in this run game. But we're we have I think four teams now on by. It's going up every time we talk um, <laughs> on by this week, and there are lots of injured players that you like. There's a chance. Let's just say this: Jarek McKinnon's not somebody you're going to start next week, and he's on your bench. And he's your worst player. That's not on a. Then bike. you got to do what you got to do. You gotta, I understand. You, you'd that. Rather ha- would you rather have Chase Claypool on your bench or Jarek McKinnon? Oh, I'd rather have Claypool at this point, unless I was loaded at receiver. I mean, I don't want. I, I agree with Dave. I don't want to drop McKinnon, but I do think that there are people that probably should drop McKinnon. Uh, would you rather have Chase Edmonds or Jarek McKinnon? Edmonds. I would. I would rather have Edmonds. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, Dave's losers are Zach Ertz, who we talked about, and Malcolm Brown. And let's just talk about the Rams running backs. And, um, yeah, Malcolm Brown, eight carries. It's not like Henderson set the world on fire, but I, th- I actually thought he ran pretty well despite the numbers. But, uh, yeah, two touchdowns for Henderson and a dud for Brown. Well, he had a terrible rushing average. 
Henderson did, but did. but did you? I mean, he looked. Oh, no, no, no. He looked, he, lo- he looked fine. Right. And and obviously you can't the stop carry being YPC for life now. <laughs> I'm not YPC for life. Like like Le'Veon Bell had a good YPC. Le'Veon Bell is a slug. He looked terrible. There was a play he, on like third and one where he tried to get to the outside. It took him 45 minutes. I read a book and he still wasn't there. And then he got tackled short of the line of scrimmage. I well, you know, I didn't read a book, but. Uh, he had uh, 50% more rushing yards than Daryl Henderson on fewer carries than I, against like, Cam Akers. Right, and that's the thing. And, like, Daryl Henderson is a much better running back than Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion. Right now, right now. I feel confident saying that. I, I truly do. I felt like every time Le'Veon had a carry, he was doing his, you know, that, that hesitation step. The basketball coach that coaches my son calls it a hezzy. <laughs> He's 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 basically skipping before trying to hit his hole, and I don't know if that's just how he runs now. You know, Steelers fans might say he did that all the time in Pittsburgh, but that might have helped him see the hole better when the offensive line was making it yeah, for him. Of course, and right. now the Jets are just they're just such a sloppy mess up front that it's hard to do. And he only had the one catch. If you're asking me if I'd rather have Henderson or Bell moving forward, I think I might take my chances with Henderson because having Jets on my team make me worse. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about fantasy. I'm talking about on your football team. Who would you rather have, Henderson or Bell? Well, of course I'd rather have Henderson because he's younger. Yeah. Right. So if I'm I sorry, was the Chiefs, uh, I would rather have Le'Veon Bell than Daryl Henderson. Uh, okay. Well, I'm just saying I don't really care about YPC. That's all I'm trying to say, Heath. But, Dave, your quick take on it, the uh, – on the That's a change. Rams, in this particular case, <laughs> on mean, the Rams we're, running We're probably going to find out that Malcolm Brown – if he did lead the team in snaps, it, it might not mean anything moving forward. It was disappointing. He also had a not-so-great game from an efficiency standpoint. He had one catch and went backwards for six yards, and Akers looked good. Uh, I'm not certain how many of the carries Akers had was late in the game. This was a blowout win for L.A., but we're we're going to you know study it all again and try and come up with an answer for who the better running back is moving forward, but hopefully – what what it means to see Malcolm Brown be third in carries is a sign that he's starting to fade into that third spot on the depth chart and that we'll see more of Akers and Henderson moving forward. It was a lot of garbage time for Akers, right, Heath? And we established that on Twitch? I, yes, I believe it was at least half of his carries came um, yeah. well after the game had been decided. Well, look, I've got the fourth quarter stats right here. He had four carries for 42 yards with a long of 46 yards. In the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, it was all at the end. Pretty much all at the end. Very, okay, very Okay, so end. that Up doesn't 20. make me feel a whole lot better about trying to handicap which Rams running back is the best of the bunch. Uh, it doesn't? Yeah. It should make you feel yeah, better um, about Malcolm that, Brown. I mean, about Daryl Henderson. six-yard carry, just to be clear, came with the score 30-10 to 10 with 537 left to go. Yeah, no, Daryl Henderson had was the guy, you know, for most of that game. He had 18 touches, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Total I can see if I've yards. got a snap count for him now. We we sometimes get snap counts before the NFL releases them. All right. If I get something, I'll interrupt you. All right. You know what? Usually we do the top five at every position. Let's just go right to the games, Heath. Let's go right to the games. Let's we go do have uh, some breaking news that the Falcons have fired Dan Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov. They fired Dimitrov, too. From Tom Pellicero. Wow. Mm. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. That, that's interesting that they fired Dimitrov in the middle of the season. Houston 30, Jacksonville 14. Heath? Hi. Oh, oh, you are we doing Believe It or Not now? Yeah. Pretty okay. sure you just said that. Are, are you kind of frozen from the Falcons news? 
Yeah. Uh, and I was just stunned. Um, yeah. Uh, believe it or not, Brandon Cooks is better than Will Fuller rest of the season. No. I don't, why would I believe that? He was a lot better than Will Fuller today. Oh, he was. Wow. Why that horrible we game? We now have Fuller. four games of Fuller being better than Cooks, and one. Well, I guess uh, false. No, I believe it's three and two. <laughs> it's three and two. That's fine. I'm still. Gonna and say I think Fuller's Cooks now has more targets for the year than Will Fuller does. I don't believe it. And the nice, the nice thing is, anyway. in a worse game for Fuller, he still had 58 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, his he's been fortunate so far. Um, that he has timed his touchdowns well, because if you look at his yardage production, like he's got, it's one twelve zero fifty four one oh eight fifty eight. You have to say a hundred and twelve because it sounded like you gave him three games with one, then twelve, then zero. Well, no one else is dumb, <laughs> so I think that probably was conveyed the right way. Okay, so what's the buy or sell, Adam? Oh, okay. Uh, well, first of all, do you believe it or not that Cooks is better? No, but I'm back to kind of where I was, um, that they're both boom or bust number threes. Because I don't like I know he scored a touchdown the two weeks that he had fifty receiving yards, but in three of five games, Will Fuller has four catches or fewer. Buy or sell, Gardner Minshew is going to be top three in pass attempts. Um, buy as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. This is now four straight games with 40 or more pass attempts. You got to love it. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's currently tied for fourth with Tom Brady. Mm, okay. Uh, Dave, uh, David Johnson ended up with 17 carries for 96 yards, but a little deceiving, right? Yeah, he had a bunch of yards at the end of the game, and they basically tried to get him over 100 yards. It would have been the first time, I believe, in over a year where he'd run for 100 yards in a game. He came close. He was all right. He's, he's starting to look a little bit like the slug version of David Johnson that you might remember from Arizona in 2019. And last note on this game, David Johnson was open in the end zone and, and was missed. Um, yes, he was. Eh, that's, I think, that, was there one other player I wanted to talk about in this game? Uh, well, uh, just a quick note on James Robinson. Not his best game. He had that dumb fed fumble on that really strange play call. Uh, but... Five catches. It's you know encouraging stuff, and we'll just chalk it up to a bad game. Keelan Cole looked really good and almost had a monster game. They had a couple of shots to him at the end of the game when they were trying to come back. And three targets in a row. You're right, just out of his reach. Mm-hmm. One of them he said was his fault. One of them was Minshew's fault. But it, I think he's still relevant. If well, I think it comes down to whether or not Chark is healthy. If Chark isn't healthy, then I think Cole is still going to get. I, I think that's what the key is for Cole. Okay. All right. If Chark's there, then, you know. Cincinnati's at Baltimore. Bengals had the ball. Bengals had the ball for like nine more minutes than the uh, Ravens did. Um, But it didn't matter. Joe Burrow had a terrible game. He scored four fantasy points. He apparently was not friends with Patrick Queen on LSU. And Queen knocked the heck out of him and forced a fumble. So that must have been satisfying. Um, Joe Mixon, was this a good game for him or a bad game for him? 24. Oh, no. Believe it or not, oh, this was actually not. an bad. encouraging outing for Joe Mixon. We'll get to the oh, no after the game, okay. after we review this game. Uh, no, I don't believe that. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I think it definitely was. Six catches, second consecutive week with six catches. Um, 
like Giovanni Bernard's been pushed just a little bit further off into the peripheral. And uh, I'm I'm encouraged about mixing. I might, I might do the rare buy low, sell high, buy low with Joe Mixon. <laughs> this was one of his toughest matchups left on the schedule. He he never really does well against either the Ravens or the Steelers. And I believe it's, assuming the schedule doesn't change, one of those matchups against the Steelers or the Ravens is tucked into week 17. Ravens. Yeah, so he's done with the Ravens if your championship is in week 16, and he's got some great matchups moving forward. Oh, so no. Somebody, yeah, you're seeing what I'm seeing. Um, if 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 you find somebody who thinks that Mixon's regressed, you could take him off their hands, maybe for a discount. Are we done talking about this game? No, I think not. we should talk about Delvin Cook. You got hurt? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Unless, you're, unless you know for a fact that he's out for a while. But you don't. So we'll talk about it tomorrow. No, we don't know. We don't know that. Alexander Madison is at it. I don't even know what his Liz, da, He pulled up lame. He made a catch. And it looks like some, I don't know what it is. I don't want leg. Uh-huh. Madison right. is 72%. And then he's off to the locker room. 72% rostered for Madison. They got Atlanta next week, then a bye. And uh, that stinks. We'll talk about it on Monday's show. Uh, AJ Green got hurt. No catches, one target, uh, 84% rostered. I think people it's are over. Gonna say goodbye to him. Uh, believe it or not, buy or sell, T. Higgins is a must-start wide receiver. When the matchup's right, I buy it. And there's going to be some good ones coming up. That's that's a sell, then. Why? Yeah. That makes yeah, him the matchup. A must-start and a matchup dependent are not the same thing. Okay, fine. I'm just trying to be nice to T. Higgins. <laughs> okay, buy or sell. It's time to drop J.K. Dobbins. No, sell. I can't sell. No. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I mean, if there's one thing I'm looking for in a running back. It's three touches a game. Um, listen, <laughs> maybe like you, you would drop him before you dropped Jarek McKinnon? No. No, no. Um, well, um, no, you know I what? wouldn't drop him no. to pick up Chase Claypool unless... I was in a pinch and actually need a starting receiver. I agree. But here's the thing. You're you're kind of acting like if Mark Ingram got hurt, Gus Edwards wouldn't have a big role. Like no, but Adam, but I, at least it would be split two ways instead of three. And I think it would come to yeah. pass that as, as efficient as Gus Edwards has been, J.K. Dobbins just gives the Ravens more. He's he's a better receiver out of the backfield than Gus Edwards. He's probably mm-hmm. uh, probably he's definitely faster. Okay, than okay. Gus okay. Edwards. Right, that's he, fine. He has Sell 198 it. yards on 25 touches. Mm, that's pretty that's good. Gravy. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, all right. That's it. Let's go to the Rams 30 and the football team 10. Another big time of possession game here. The the Rams hit the ball for about 11 more minutes than Washington did. Heath, what do we got? Rams 30, uh, football team 10. Believe it or not, there's not one running back in this game you should be gullible enough to start again. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I thought uh, it was a good day for Gibson. He had five catches again. He had four last week, so that was nice. He, Dave, what do you say? Believe it or not, not a, not a running back in this game you should start. I don't believe it. We know what the running back position is like. And Gibson might be the one that I would be most willing to start, but and it's not with a lot of confidence moving forward, but it's just because the Rams running backs were 
and will continue to be a jumbled mess. I've got the snap percentages if you're interested. Uh, sure. This was the first week of the season where Brown was not tied or ahead in the lead of playing time for the Rams. It was Henderson, 43% to 38%, Akers, 19%. What does that mean? I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I could recommend starting any of these three anytime soon. This, this is another backfield like Baltimore's where it would be great if one of them won Powerball and bought an island and lived there. At the very least, they run it all the time. Those three guys combined for 32 carries. So, you know, at least you're going to get some work there. Uh, buy or sell, sell high on Robert Woods. If you so, can, sure. He says no. What What would you get want, Dave? How do you value him? If I could turn him into, let's say Tyler Lockett ends up having another bad game. We, you know, at this point, he's halfway through. He's not doing so hot. If uh, if it ended up coming to pass that he stunk and I could turn Woods into Lockett, I would take that. You'd rather have him than Beckham, though, right? I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, buy or sell? I know so. Alex Smith will be bad news for Terry McLaurin. He could be bad news for Antonio Gibson, too, just being honest. Well, are you buying the McLaurin part of it? Yeah. <laughs> He's by herself. Maybe Alex Smith was just really rusty. Yeah. We know that he didn't have a ton of time to, you know, go through the same type of camp as others did. There are some good players on the Rams team. But they they sacked him like nine times or something. Right. So, he, I don't feel like he was ready. So no. maybe he can come back from it. Maybe he just needs to Knock off the rust, and in a week or two, he'll be, you know, raring to go, and it'll be vintage Alex Smith, like, whatever. That yeah, he's not better than what we saw today. This is like when you like you take your kids to the amusement park, and he's not trying to get on. He doesn't have to be tall enough to get on the scariest ride. The bar is extremely low to be as good a quarterback as Terry McLaurin has been accustomed to in his career. Very good. Uh, Alex Smith was 9 of 17 for 37 yards. Yikes. And how many sacks in this game? He, he was sacked averages, six times, and Kyle <laughs> Kyle Allen was sacked twice. Um, yeah, Darrell Henderson slightly more. 2.5 yards per carry for Henderson, 2.2 yards per attempt for Alex Smith. Did you guys catch Le'Veon Bell, by the way? Am I crazy? I thought I just... No, he didn't look great. I didn't he watch any great of the since He was wearing black and gold, though. Yeah, no, I had that game streaming uh, as I watched Red Zone. I was watching that game because I really wanted to see Kenyon Drake. And Bell, I don't know. I actually thought I actually thought the Cardinals' run defense was was just bad, and Bell had a lot of opportunities. I, I mean, that's the thing is I because I didn't see it. It's really hard for me to take the things that you are saying at face value because you said earlier that Frank Gore is faster than Levy. I Bell. was joking, and le- they were facing the same defense, and Gore had. Nine carries to Bell's 13 and a half as many yards. I was joking. Are you kidding? First of all, I said that on Twitch. Secondly, I was joking. He's not. I was making a point about Le'Veon Bell. Right. It's, I, it seems to me, and I'm clearly, I, I will go back and watch the tape, but box score scouting, it seems like, man, 60 yards on 13 carries when his longest run was 13 yards. Go back and watch the tape. 
that seems like pretty good. I promise you a good running back would have had more than 13 yards on a carry in that game. He can't break any. This is what I've been saying about Le'Veon Bell. It's the last time he had an explosive play. It's been like three years. He, he, he never has explosive plays. That's, he really never does. Three seasons now without a carry of more than 30 yards or like, well, you know, 2.5, whatever. Yeah. You don't like Le'Veon Bell? I get it. No, I don't. But I, I would be interested in your opinion. So please go back and watch his carries and let me know what you think. Um, Las Vegas, 40, Kansas City, 32. Believe it or not, we should be worried about Clyde Edwards-Elair being a top 12 running back. I believe it based on workload. I don't like that he only had 10 carries. And I feel like he's had a couple of games this season where he hasn't had a whole heck of a lot of work overall. I know he had a touchdown called back. But Dave, I mean, they, nobody. He's had like, 10 carries in three of five or in two of five games. But it wasn't, he wasn't splitting carries. You know, they had the ball for 24 minutes. I believe Daryl Williams played 46% of the snaps. How many touches did he get? He did he not have very carry. many touches. Okay, that's but what I'm he's saying. There, he is their, um, generally their two minute back. Um, okay. But, but Look, I'm, if he's, he's not a top 12 touches. running back, I think we can accept that. I think he's still close to it. Call him a top 17 running back. I, I would like to just present one tiny piece of evidence from before this week while noting that he had multiple touches in the red zone this week and did not score a touchdown, even though he did have an almost touchdown, had one called back. Mm-hmm. Entering this week inside the 20, he was sixth in carries inside the 20. And every back in the top nine had multiple touchdowns. He had zero. Inside the 10, he had nine carries for zero yards. Inside the five, he had six carries for negative two yards. A lot of that was from week one, though. Remember all those plays where they tried to punch it in and he just... Right. And the thing since then has been, man, they keep running all these tricky plays at the goal line instead of giving it to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. so annoying. Yeah. Uh, But going into this this game, game where he had a touchdown catch called yeah. back and that was real close to the goal line. Uh, going into this game, Clyde Edwards Eiler was on pace for 1732 total yards and four touchdowns. So that's why I was very optimistic about him. He's the lead running back, he is a touch dominator, he is involved after week 1 he did not have any catches in week 1, he's been involved in the passing game in basically every game and he's just not scoring. He had 80 total yards in this game, you know, for a bad game where he only had 10 carries, he still had 80 total yards. Uh, I'm, st- I'm don't still up. What was it again? That he's not a first round pick? We should be concerned about him being a top 12 running back. Oh, top 12 running back? I'm pretty sure he's going to be a top 12 running back. Barring injury. I yeah. hope you're right. I feel good about it. You feel better about him or Jonathan Taylor right now? Edward Zeller. A lot more catches. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've gone the opposite direction in terms of catches, for right. sure. All right, let's do another one from this game. Let's go, believe it or not. Believe it or not, you're typically not going to start any Vegas wide receiver. Typically, no. So I believe that. But there will be bye weeks where you'll look at Henry Ruggs and say, let's go for it. I let's, I let's believe strap a rocket to this fantasy yeah. lineup and go to the damn moon. 
<laughs> I believe we will get to a point. I, I think he'll be started more often than not later in the year. So I'll say I'll, I don't believe it. For rugs, okay. Yeah. Pittsburgh 38, Philadelphia 29. Oof, we took the Zach Ertz one. Um, we took the Juju Smith-Schuster one. Talked about Claypool. The Chase Claypool one. Um, <laughs> Heath, you want oof. me to give you one? Miles Sanders. Be- believe it or not, you should pick up that Fulgham guy off the waiver wire. We should talk about that guy, shouldn't we? He's been pretty good. And Philadelphia keeps finding themselves. Believe it or not, Dave. Game script. Yeah, of course you should pick him up off the waiver wire. I believe that. I don't think I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, you could get Alshon. Alshon was sick this week. You could come back next week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson could come back at some point. Dallas Goddard could come back at some point. Like, how many Dale times will come back? At some how point. many times between now and the end of the season are you actually going to be starting Travis Fulgham? I just don't see it, especially but with Baltimore. But don't you want to speculate week. on somebody who had a lot of targets and a lot of catches and a lot of yards, and he found the end zone, kind of like Chase Claypool Man. did. Yes. Well, how long is my leash here with the Fulgham jokes? Oh, oh endless. Keep them endless. <laughs> I'd probably be looking at the waiver wire and being like, Fulgham. I'm like, ah, Fulgham. I'm just not <laughs> That was the joke I was going to make. Uh, dude, listen. Uh, if, if you were asking me this question after last week, of course I would have said, forget about it. He only had three targets. He had a big play late. There's something that stood out, and Philadelphia just continues to be desperate at receiver. And I said that they will come back, and I'm talking about Jeffrey and Jackson and Goddard, but we don't know when. We can't say for sure that they're all coming back in week number six in Philadelphia. Like, like I was trying to say before they find themselves in this game script where they're having to throw the targets win his way. He's not even going to be close to being my number one guy off the waiver wire. But if I need a receiver in week number six and I can't get my hands, you're going to go with him against Baltimore. No, I mean, I wouldn't love it. That's what I'm saying. If if the volume's going to be there, I, I might give him a shot. I don't know. That's like the toughest matchup. Okay, um, how about this game, Miles Sanders, just just to get it out there, Miles Sanders had a 74-yard rushing touchdown. Otherwise, he had 10 carries for six yards. Uh, and another touchdown. And another touchdown, that is true. Um, how about James Conner? How are you feeling about him? I don't even have a buy or sell, but I know, Dave, you've been like a little hesitant to fully yeah. buy into James Conner. 15 carries, 44 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 19 yards. Weird thing happened on the opening drive. McFarland got some playing time next to Connor. Yeah. And then late in the game, it was Benny Snell salting the matchup away. Mm-hmm. I, if I've got Connor, I'm obviously going to continue to use him. I would make an effort to have another Steelers running back behind him. I think Snell is probably the one that I would want to have, not McFarland, because I'm not sure if McFarland can handle every down work like the Steelers tend to give their running backs. All right, Heath, let's go to our next game. 23-16 Carolina with the win over Atlanta. Go ahead. Uh, Believe it or not, you can drop Matt Ryan. David, I always wonder if you're waiting for me to talk. I'm always trying to let you go first. I'm literally sitting here leaning forward and contemplating that question. Like, I'm not ready to... Sometimes, with, with these Believe It or Nots, it's snap answers. I know what's what the answer is. But I don't get them in advance, so I don't have the time to I don't think either. about it before the show. 
Okay. Which is how I want it to be. I don't either, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I would point out he's struggled badly without Julio Jones. And with Julio Jones, weeks one and two, he scored 28 and 35 fantasy points. But those games were against Seattle and Dallas. So was it the matchups or was it Julio? I'm not, I'm not dropping him because I know what his potential is. So. I don't think you can drop him. So I do not believe it. But I do believe that there will be weeks where I look at him on my roster and I go, do something. Throw some touchdowns. Come on. <laughs> okay. Buy or sell. Uh, DJ Moore is worse than Michael than uh, CD Lamb rest of season. Sell. So. I think Lamb will have more targets. I'll buy it. There it is. Oh, all right. I said it. I'll buy it. Yeah, Moore had like it looked like a good game, but he only had five targets and he had did you see the seven touchdown? Well, yeah. Did you, did you see the touchdown? That just Yeah, it was great. Dip, dip, nope. Go ahead, Heath. Go ahead. DJ Moore did not have what looked like a good game. You don't let DJ me finish. Moore had a very you, good you game. You take everything I say so literally. Just let me explain. I was trying. He only had five targets. Robbie Fair. Anderson had 13 targets. That's what I was trying to when do. When he's bad and he has 12 targets, we say DJ Moore had a bad game. Yeah, okay, but Heath, like, what are you going to re- rely on a 57-yard catch-and-run type of play for his touchdown? He still gets no red zone targets. That was a fluky play. It was a great play. He's a great player. But it wasn't an encouraging game necessarily from a fantasy standpoint when he had eight fewer targets than Robbie Anderson. I think that's Anderson. a better way to say it than right, DJ so that, Moore so just, had what looked me, like was a good game. So just give you a little bit of slack, okay? Like sometimes you're going to say things that are DJ Moore perfect. had a good game, but it might be a good idea to try to sell off of it. Yeah, okay. Great. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Buy or sell, drop Russell Gage. Bye. 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 B-Y-E, bye. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Arizona 30, Jets 10. Go ahead. Believe it or not, um, you should try to sell off of this game from Kenyon Drake. Believe it. Yeah, I think so. It was, again, like not an encouraging game. Just... 18 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. I, I One think catch. he's devolving into a physical running back, and I don't know if he can do that. The touchdown that he had was from a yard out. The two plays before it, they're literally running him right up the middle. Right up the, the gut. Yep. Yeah. And, and when I, he, just, when I don't he tra- know if that's what he's cut out for. I'm really interested in your take, because when he was trying to get outside, it just wasn't working today, and he was trying a lot. It's been like that all year. He just... I don't know if he's bigger. You know, one thing when we talked to Damian Williams on Twitch last week, we I you know we asked him why did things click when he went to the Chiefs, and he said that they had him lose weight. Like the Dolphins wanted him so much bigger, and that could be something. Like I don't know if the Cardinals just want him to be a more physical. It back. Looks like um, after Kyler Murray gives him the ball, he like has those resistance bands. And he's holding on to them. And oh, you see the training they do with those <laughs> where like Kenyon Drake's trying to run away from him, but he's holding him with the resistance bands. Um, yeah. It's something's not, not, not working. Good. Something's I not feel working, like I'm point. seeing hesitation in his runs too, but it's a different type of hesitation. You know, with Le'Veon, I think it's purposely done. Like it's part, like skipping is part of his, uh, what, his regimen. Yeah. Does Pete, Pete say tiptoeing or something? Tiptoeing through the tulips. That's, yeah, tip-toeing that's through exactly the tulips. right. Yeah. Yeah. And Kenyon Drake, meanwhile, <laughs> man, Pete is old. Meanwhile, Drake is like, just it, it's like he's, he's running through the resistance bands. <laughs> he's processing the play slower. 
it who'd feels you, like. Who would you rather have, Todd Gurley or Kenyon Drake? Gurley. Gurley. Um, Kenyon Drake or Odell Beckham? Beckham. I got to get find some new Beckham. players here. Kenyon Drake or... Kenyon Drake or um, Mark Andrews? Andrews. What? Was a running back? I mean, running backs are hard to find. Yeah, Andrews. Okay. Yeah, uh, let's clarify. To clarify. There are lots and lots of running backs. You can find them. Generally, there's <laughs> okay. like a hundred in the waiver wire you. each week. Um, there might good, be one on Drake's team who ends up being better than good running year. backs are difficult to find. Yeah. Now, look, I, I get it that Edmonds isn't getting nearly the same type of carries, and there's a chance that changes. And maybe it do- maybe yeah. it doesn't change because Edmonds is clearly smaller than Kenyon Drake, but it wouldn't surprise me in the at least if Edmonds starts to cut more into Drake's playing time. We might see this thing go fifty fifty at some point. Okay, uh, how about this, Kenyon Drake or Jamison Crowder, PPR? Drake. Okay, give me Crowder. Give Crowder. Me Crowder, I said it. Three 100-yard games after I got ridiculed for even suggesting that we could take Jamison Crowder over Melvin Gordon going forward. And I get it. Melvin Gordon's better than Kenyon Drake right now. But I you got did r- say PPR, who right? Who you? Dave and Jamie. Especially oh, yeah. Jamie. We did. we did. We are yeah. we are idiots. I take it back. You're smart. I'm stupid. Oh, dude, I've You're given, right. I've given so wrong. many football opinions on today's show. And like, You're handsome. I'm not There's very a faction of the audience that hates me so much when I give football opinions. So I've actually thought about that, and I'm sorry to all of you. Please stop leaving crappy comments in, in iTunes. Uh, okay. Miami and San Francisco. <laughs> Miami blows out San Francisco, Heath. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Believe it or not, like there's not any wide receivers that you're that really matter on the 49ers. Like, like always, oh, it hurts my heart to believe that. Yeah, because I, I I love Debo Samuel, I really do. I don't. Uh, he had eight targets. He did. He he nice. had. Maybe it's just because the 49ers court because Garoppolo had a terrible game. And do you know the Dolphins kicked three field goals inside the last two minutes? Of they, that half? counted three field goals that counted with two minutes remaining in the first half. <laughs> no, I didn't realize that. That's they funny. kicked one right at two minutes, and then Four ers got the ball back. Garoppolo threw an interception. Dolphins did a little drive, kicked a field goal. Garoppolo got the ball back with you know thirty seconds or something like that to play. Threw another interception. <laughs> Dolphins kicked another field goal. I don't know if that's ever happened before. But that was pretty incredible. I can't justify a roster spot on Debo Samuel or Brandon A.U. moving forward. Okay, shouldn't we give a little bit more leeway to here to Debo Samuel? Because he really hasn't played yet with a healthy Garoppolo. Yeah. Okay. I was skeptical. Fine, but- I, yeah, I mean, it depends. I was skeptical of Debo Samuel before he was hurt because they drafted a wide receiver in the first round and he was only good when George Kittle was hurt last year. Um. So... He's still really only been good when Kittle's not there, but um, yeah. Okay. Look, you can keep him if you want to. I don't know when you'll feel confident starting him. I'm starting to, if you line him up with Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, when are you starting Debo Samuel over either of those wide receivers? Confidently. Look, I hear your silence. It's the kind of thing My that could, it, but it's a, no, it's the kind of thing that could change next week. All it's going to take is one good game from Debo Samuel. When 
Would you drop Debo Samuel for Chase Claypool? Yes. Yes. I might regret it, but I think you have to do that. Yep. Cowboys 37, Giants 34. Holy Chris Carson. Yeah. Uh, which game? I'm sorry. Giants third, da- Dallas 37, Trevor Lawrence 34. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, Devontae Freeman might just be a borderline startable running back. Believe it. Believe it. Excellent, believe it or not, Heath. He looked good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He had moments where he looked good last week, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to look quite as good by the time we get to December because he's an older running back. And mm-hmm. once he starts to take on some wear and tear, mm-hmm. it might not be so great. But mm-hmm. I believe it. 17 carries. He gets a couple of catches. And he looks good. He, he looks like he can actually give you actual fantasy numbers from week to week. Yeah, but he right, and he did look a lot better than his yards per carry, which was three per five, three point five. Um, just was a terrible defense, so you know we should point that out. But good game for Devontae Freeman, seventeen carries, sixty yards, and a touchdown. And I, I mean, the most important thing, two catches for twenty-seven yards, is he's completely dominating touches in the backfield. Like he's he's, he's got Washington and back. Philadelphia twice in his next five games. He's the number one. Well, if Philadelphia has Fletcher Cox, then I, it, that changes things. They're they're good. With him, um, buy or sell, buy or sell that Dalton Schultz is actually droppable with Andy Dalton. There's not enough tight ends to say that. Sell. So. Agreed. Okay, that's pretty much. I think. Uh, well, how about Evan Ingram? Anything you want to say about Evan Ingram? He had a rushing touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown called back on a fake field goal where an offensive lineman did not report. And he ended up with one catch for 16 stinking yards on two targets. He scored. <laughs> if I, if I've got Evan Ingram as my only tight end, I need to find another tight end. Not saying I have to sit Evan Ingram, but right. I, I want to have an option. All right, Cleveland 32, Indianapolis 23. Last game. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to, I won't do the Jonathan Taylor thing for like a third consecutive week, but no, like I you should believe it or not. The, the Colts are kind of bad. Believe it. You think the so? one element of their game that I think is good is their run defense. I was skeptical of their pass defense coming into the game. Mayfield did have some bad throws, but I, I do think Mayfield made a lot of plays. I think Landry made a lot of plays. So I'm not buying that the Colts pass defense is anything great. I do not buy that Philip Rivers is great. Oh, wow. Going out on a limb there, huh? I know. <laughs> Philip Rivers well, is Well, think about how many bad. nice things I've said about Philip Rivers. No, he's, the yeah, he's not good. He Man, looks, imagine the Colts if they had Cam Newton. Mm. Ooh. It'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be great. I do think Jonathan Taylor's got some redeeming value, but yeah. I, it, it's very, very clear that the Colts don't want to overload any one person on their offense. And I think he gets the Bengals next week. He does. But but again, keep in mind, he had 12 carries, so that's not a lot. But Hines had three and Wilkins only had one, and they only had the ball for 25 minutes and 15 seconds. So when you look at it that way, he really did. He had 75% of the carries when you look at the three running backs. So that was encouraging. We have to see more of it before we sure. before we think Just it's for the you know, time of thing. possession thing. Rivers had two interceptions. He got there was a safety because he was called for intentional grounding in the end zone. So there were a couple of things that led to that right. time of possession, getting away from Indianapolis. Yeah. Normally, I, I don't know what their time of possession is prior to this game, but I would imagine they're the type of offense that can, that can hog that. 
stat. 25 minutes and 15 seconds is really, really low. Um, so people were, people, you know, I saw a lot of comments today very uh, upset about Jonathan Taylor. Really wasn't a bad game for him. He scored. Yeah. Yeah. So he was fine. Right. He was fine. I mean, it wasn't as good as DJ Moore's game. He's obviously not. <laughs> he's obviously not coming through the way we hoped, but he's he hasn't been that bad. Um, buy or sell? Jarvis Landry is back. No. Okay. But he's not droppable. Buy or sell? Austin Hooper is back. Seventeen targets in his last two games. Yeah, I think that puts him on the the waiver wire radar, but. Like am I, am I? I just got done talking about how I need another tight end just in case Evan Ingram really turns into the full blown dumpster fire. Hooper might, maybe, could be one of those tight ends that I'd want to carry on the bench just to see. The seventeen targets is a positive. All right, everybody, we're out of here. Hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Hope it was useful. I do wonder if Hooper's target share goes down when Chubb comes back. For Dave and Heath. I'm Adam. Thank God Dalvin Cook is okay. Make sure you listen to Fantasy Football Today in 5, and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode, and then we're coming back on Tuesday with the waiver wire of the Chase Claypool Show. Talk to you later. Get well soon, guys.